Morning, everyone. What a great day to be alive. Uh, we are in the process as a congregation of going through the Old Testament as beginning of this year for our uh, each sermon is kind of uh, going not necessarily in total chronological order, but uh, we're moving through the process of the Old Testament. Uh, so far this year, we've uh, covered a lot of ground. Um, a lot of different subjects we've talked about. Um, back in January when we began this journey, uh, we talked about the promised land when uh, Abraham was called uh, out of his land where he grew up and God called him and promised him a land that would uh, be his own and his descendants uh, forever. And if God promises it, we can expect it and we should look forward to it. Uh, next week we talked about uh, wandering in the wilderness. Uh, this was our Vision Sunday meeting that we had as a church where we talked about uh, the stuff as far as the business part of the church, but also we spoke about how that we should not always just uh, look to the past and look to where all we've been and what all we have done, but look to where we are going, and God wants us to move forward. Look at your neighbor say, move forward. Next week we talked about Jericho and how the walls were broken down uh, by the children of Israel once they got into the land of promise coming back out of their Egypt bondage experience and how that they prayed that God give them vision, God give them direction. Uh, they walked around the wall of Jericho uh, seven days and the walls uh, supernaturally fell down because God said so. The next week, uh, last week we talked or no, the week before, after that, we talked about, uh, this was February the 11th, we talked about culture shock and how the unfinished business of AI, that uh, the, the city of AI, that uh, there was a culture shock when they went into the new land that they have to learn how to act in a new age of their life and how that God uh, is watching over every uh, movement we make, every word we say. The next week we talked about the unsanctioned treaties. This was last week and how that Joshua uh, was fooled and deceived by uh, the people of the surrounding communities and how that an unsanctioned treaty can set us up for disastrous consequences for generations and generations to come. Today uh, we're looking at the book of Judges as a whole, uh, the entire book of Judges. There's uh, 21 chapters in the book of Judges in the Old Testament, and uh, I named this sermon, Age of God Appointed Judges. And as we speak through these uh, 21 chapters in a hurry in one sermon, uh, it's hard to cover that much ground all at one time, but uh, with God we're going to be able to. Uh, but what, it's not only just the judges that happened in the book of Judges, but also Moses and Joshua were uh, definitely considered judges in the fact that uh, one time Moses was there and he went by his father-in-law's house and, and Moses was sitting out there and he would go up to the certain place every day and all the issues of the people they'd bring to him every day, all the issues that they were dealing with, how they fight amongst themselves. So it's basically the court system of the day. And uh, Moses would have to decide all the things. And Moses' father-in-law looked at him and said, you can't bear this burden alone. You've got to delegate out and give out uh, these different portions and let each tribe deal with their own issues in order to come back up to it. So it's basically like a Supreme Court system of today. So you can have a local issue, go down to Lewis County Court, 
end up in a court. If you can't get it settled there, then you move your way up to the state Supreme Court. It goes all the way to the Supreme Court of the United States. So it allowed leadership to happen in structure where that not all decisions were made instantaneous by one person. And uh, so Moses was definitely a judge. Uh, Joshua followed in his footsteps and led the people of God, the children of God. And as he did so, he was in that same role that he was judging. But the book of Judges is written about a group and an age, a segment of Israel as a society, as a nation, uh, where God tells some stories through his word about some of those people. And there's multiple ones throughout there. Uh, some of the famous ones that uh, uh, we know about and hear about oftentimes in church are, are Samson. Uh, we know about Samson and his uh, kind of, he's like me, he's got long flowing hair and, you know, he's got like superpowers because of his hair and all that. It's kind of like me, you know, as I'm kind of a picture of Samson, I think, but not necessarily because mine's fell off at the top. But, uh, but there are stories in this Old Testament book that are extremely important. I think they teach us as a church about the things of God, about the patterns of God. And it sets us up to understand the age of Judges that there was an age of dispensation where God appointed these judges to lead the children of Israel. There's one verse that I want us to read. It's in Judges chapter 17 uh, that kind of sets the pace for where I want to speak about today. Judges chapter 17, verse 6. Judges 17, verse 6. Let's stand as we read this one verse. In reverence to God's word. <laughs> Talking about the age of judges. It says, In those days there was no king in Israel. Everyone did what was right in his own eyes. Look at your neighbor and say, Is that talking about you? Is that talking about you? The New uh, English translation says in those days Israel had no king and each man did what he considered to be right. What he considered to be right. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this day. Lord, we thank you for your word. God, we thank you for the journey that you've got us on as Bethesda, studying your word, your scripture, the Old Testament. And God, we pray today that this word would apply to our heart. God, that you would allow us to have deep introspection. And God, that you would allow us to reveal truth from your word. Lord, that can apply to our life. And God, we can walk in a new light, in a new way, abiding by your truth. God, that our words, that our world would be established by your word, the Bible. In Jesus' name I pray. Everybody says, Amen. Amen. You can be seated. So this past whole week I've been reading through and studying through the book of Judges. I've read it multiple times in my life. I've read about the stories uh, off times in my life and there's a lot of truth inside of the book of Judges that it's really a, a book that needs to be uh, read by Christians today to understand the history of Israel as a nation and the history of, of how God set up society of how we ought to operate as individuals and as I studied through this I saw that uh, the pattern of the book of Judges is a up and down a a roller coaster ride, if you would say, of, of how life uh, goes on or how life moves forward. So as I was reading through and, 
and some of the high points, it'll come in and show you that there's a leader, a strong leader that God will appoint. It's a godly person, somebody that seeks God, that loves God, loves people. And the people of Israel, the children of Israel, would follow suit. So whatever the leadership is, the people follow suit. And uh, as the godly person would be in there, and they would be loving God and loving people and setting up God's kingdom and doing the, the business of the Old Testament. So they had a book to go by. Now, this wasn't like Abraham where they didn't have a book. Because now they have the book of Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. They had the Pentateuch. They had the first five books of the Bible. So they're going by those, living life by those, and they got words to live by from God. And as they live by these, there's a blessing that comes when we obey God's word. Amen? Amen. If we obey God's word, listen to his word, apply his word, it brings blessing in our life. But in the same uh, time frame that there will be that that leader would pass away, that a, God would appoint a new leader, and God gives the leaders the discretion on how they interact with people, how they interact with society, and these leaders would be one that would do ungodly things. So there was a leader that rose up once in the story of Judges here that he, he gets a lot of silver, his parents is worth a lot of money, and he, he creates this little idol, and he makes an ephod, like a tree-looking, statue-looking thing, and that side of his house, and, and he worships all these things, these trinkets, these items. And when you go against God's word, whatever one of the Ten Commandments says, thou shalt have no idol before me, and you create idols or have uh, uh, make a God out of items, it brings a curse. So as a nation, they would follow this leadership of, of godly and ungodly, godly and ungodly, and it seems like a roller coaster ride up and down. And as I was thinking about that, for us today in our world that we live in, if we only always follow the leader and whatever they do and whatever they say, and we don't uh, have any introspection in our life to say, does this align with God's word, Amen. we can end up in a mess. Amen. Because if the curse of God is upon the things that's ungodly, we cannot do ungodly things and expect to be blessed. Look to your neighbor and say, you cannot do ungodly things. And expect to be blessed. It's as simple as that. If we abide in God's word and in his truth and let it apply to our life and try to live it out to the best of our ability. Now, I'm not saying we're perfect. Because there's no perfect people in this room. There's only been one perfect, the Bible says, and they crucified him. He's the only perfect one. But we are to strive for perfection. We are to try and live our life to where that we're going toward and looking forward to doing the right thing. Yes. And that's not easy sometimes. Not. Sometimes whenever you'll stand up for truth, when everybody else believes a lie, you'll be brought out and, and sought out by the people around you saying that you're uh, wishy-washy or whatever, and they make all these reasons of why they believe you're wrong. And they can make it seem right, that you're wrong. Amen. But if you're standing on God's truth, God's word, you will not be wrong. I can promise you, this word, it says, will never fail and it will never change. This Bible is forever settled in heaven and earth. It will not change. It's, the scripture even says that heaven and earth will pass away, but this word is established forever. This Bible that we have in our hands, there's been generations of people and, and that, that's tried to do away with God's Word. They don't like God's Word. And as a, a king will raise up, maybe they don't like some of the things it says in there, and, and they'll change it according to what they want it to say. 
But God's word is forever established in heaven. And you go back and study some of uh, what they're doing with the Dead Sea Scrolls and digging out these different things that they're excavating and doing archaeology over in Israel and Egypt. And some of the oldest artifacts in the world uh, proves true that this word is still true just like it was back way back then when it was written. There's more archaeological evidence backing up this book than any other book in the world. It's the number one bestseller year after year. Why? Because it's God's word. And he's telling us here today that if we study this Judges, if we see this age of Judges, that God sets up and appoints Judges. Yes, he does. But those Judges has discretion. Those Judges make decisions. In the same way he appoints leadership, I believe in leadership. I believe that there's leadership in church. I believe if you read the New Testament, you'll see that God says that there's apostles, that there's prophets, that there's pastors, that there's evangelists, there's teachers. And they call it in, 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 in church leadership, it's the fivefold function of ministry. I believe in apostles. I believe in having somebody that I'm accountable to. I don't want to pastor church and me be the end all between me and God. That there's always somebody else that you can go to as a group so that I don't get fouled up in my thinking. That I've got somebody else to bounce stuff off of. That's why as Bethesda, we've got an advisory board that's got Pastor Wells in it that's been in ministry for 40-some years and pastored churches and, and led congregations and done all these things. Why do I want that type of person in my life? Because the Bible said in a multitude of counselors, there's wisdom. And God has given me the, the pastor position of pastor here. He appointed me as a pastor of Bethesda. I don't understand why, but he did. And one thing I know is I'm not smart enough to do this, so I've got to get some outside help. Somebody say amen. amen. It's the same way in your life. None of us is smart enough truly to always do the right thing for the right reason. We've got to have some outside resources to pull in and some people to bounce some things off of so that we can understand and have leadership in our life. Amen. amen. I need leadership. I need structure. I need people that will speak into my life. And as I think about this, the judges in the Old Testament here in this book, that they would go, and some of them were even, um, this is probably a, a, a little controversial topic in the church world, but some people uh, say that, you know, that women shouldn't be in leadership, that there should be no leaders, leadership of women, because there's one place in Corinthians that says, you know, if a woman has questions, go home and ask her husband, and she's keep silent in the church, right? One place. But if you go back and take Scripture out of context, you can make it say anything you want. Amen? Amen? So you've got to let Scripture interpret Scripture. So in the book of Judges here, it says in the, one of the beginning chapters, I don't remember, I think it's like chapter 3 or 4, somewhere thereabouts, it's in the beginning parts of it, there was a woman that was the judge named Deborah. And Deborah sat out in the field, and she was the one that judged Israel. God appointed her a judge. Amen. How can you go back and say that women cannot be in leadership or women cannot have positions of authority when her Scripture has it very clearly pointed out that God appointed them? Amen. I believe in women in ministry. And I say this all times. I remember when this Bethesda, the church, was first established, and Sister Gartha was the original pastor of the church. And in and, 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 and society, in our culture, people says, I don't like that. I don't like women telling me what to do. All the men say, Amen. Amen. Well, maybe you better not. You better just keep real quiet. Be a lot better off. But Sister Garth had a hard time getting the church off the ground floor 
because men opposed her. If she would go to the ministerial association and there would be six or seven pastors, men, male pastors in the, in the room, and she's the only female in there, then it's, it's like she was a plague or somebody from the outside. But I would rather go by Scripture than my thoughts. Amen? I would rather base my life off of what that says versus what I think. My philosophy or what my ideals are only have to be i, I got to base all of them on this. And if my philosophy is messed up, then I want to go back and study this to prove, show myself approved unto God. The only way I'm going to be a workman that won't be ashamed is if I base all my life and my ideology and my philosophy on this. The Bible says in the New Testament that there are vain philosophies. You're so vain. Wasn't that a song or something, I think? Maybe, I don't know. But I begin to think about that, ponder about that, and, and my, my approach to ministry is that I believe that husband and wife, once you become a husband and wife, the Bible says that the two shall become one flesh. Amen? So that means you're one. So as pastor, I'm not the original lone pastor of this church. I'm a co-pastor or co-equal pastor of this church. I look at ministry as in Leslie and myself are one. We become married. We become one. And she's just as much the pastor of this church as I am. And I believe that God speaks to her just as clearly as, as he will me. And we talk about things and bounce things off each other. And we uh, uh, constantly do that. But in leadership, I believe we've got to have that counsel. And I believe God puts people in our path intentionally. So the same way in youth ministry. So whenever we was looking as a church, we started getting some youth coming to church. And we was looking, you know, I, I think it's a good thing to have a youth pastor. Amen. I, I love the church where I first got saved. That's where I really grew in the Lord. I, I was 20-something years old, but I ended up in the youth ministry helping the youth pastor. And the pastor told me to go over and help him. I went over to help him. And as I did, I began to grow because Josh would have me lead Bible studies in, in houses and stuff. And the more you teach, the more you'll grow. So I'd go over there and learn those things. And in leadership, you got to listen to what those people are telling you. But this oneness of where God put less in my path. We became one. We're in leadership. When we passed to the church, but now there's youth ministry because we believe in it. Both of us. She said under the same youth pastor I did. So we start looking and we call around and we go talk to Dusty and Alvin. Next thing you know, uh, Dusty and Alvin come over. It took them about nine months to consider. You know, they, they, they don't make any rash decisions. We had to beg them, Brandon, for about nine months to, hey, come on, come on, come on, come on. We didn't beg them, but we literally did ask them, and it was months and months and months before they finally decided because they wanted to pray and make sure, is this what God wants? Everybody say, that's a good thing. Sometimes we don't need to make rash, quick judgments. God tells us to pray. Amen. So Dusty and Al, we come on board. They come and do the interview with the board. We offer them a, a position as youth pastors. And as they come, they are youth pastors, plural. Dusty and Albie are married. They're two individual people, but together they're married as a united force. And if Dusty says something to the youth, it's Dusty, the youth pastor, speaking. But at the same time, Albie is just as much youth pastor as Dusty is. So when she speaks, the kids listen. Right? Co-equal leadership 
But it's an age of God pouring judgment. So Deborah was out there. I believe in women in leadership. Look at your neighbor and say, I believe in women in leadership. Amen. It's a hard one to get over for some people. I, I agree. And, and, and the male, whatever you call it, maleness of me doesn't like that. But if God's word tells me opposite, I've got to go with God's word over what I think. Amen. So, this God appointed judges. Deborah's there. She she prophesies. She leads the children of Israel. She takes and leads them in the battle. And there's great victories that Deborah wins that as she goes out and leads the army of the Lord to go and take over these new regions, these new parts of Israel's nation. It's amazing what God can do if we will leave behind our way of thinking and say, God, if you say so, I'm going to follow your path. I'm going to follow your way. He will bring victory in your life if you will give up on your ideal and accept his. Amen? And if you want a life of blessing, you have to follow his pattern. You have to follow his ways. The Bible says that his ways are past finding out. Paul, the apostle that wrote two-thirds of the books of the New Testament, he says this one time, there's mysteries. And Paul says there's mysteries that even he couldn't figure out. And if Paul can't figure it out, I'm sure not going to be able to. There's mysteries in this thing. Mysterious. But what does that mean? I don't have to know. I just have to trust. Amen. Amen. Faith is believing in things that you do not see. The only way that you can have salvation in your life is to trust in a God that you cannot see. And Jesus even said to Thomas, remember Thomas said, I'm not going to believe unless I can touch my fingers through the holes in your hand and stick my hand in your side and I can physically, tangibly see what happened to you, Jesus. I won't believe. I don't trust the rest of the apostles. I don't trust nobody else. I've got to know for myself. My only way to know is if I touch it. And Jesus said, blessed are you that believe this way. But even more blessed are those that will believe that have never seen there's people sitting in this room today that has offered your life as a living sacrifice to a God that you have never physically seen with your own eyes, but spiritually, internally, a faith rose up within you to say, I believe that with God all things are possible, and I believe that my life is not my own. I believe my life was bought with the price that Jesus paid on the cross of Calvary, and I willingly gave my life to him because i got faith to believe that. This age of God-appointed judges where the people trusted in, in leadership that God appointed. But there are seasons in your life where that you don't have to follow the leader. <coughs> this is coming from your leader. Man. Why do I say that? Because the book of Judges proves true that God appointed those judges. It doesn't say that God didn't appoint them. He appointed those judges. But if they begin to do things contrary to God's scripture and God's word, then don't follow them. Amen. Yes, amen. I'm telling you as your pastor, if I come in here next week, next Sunday, and I'm babbling on and I'm drunk because I've been out all night partying Saturday night, don't follow me. I'm telling you right now, don't follow me. Amen. If I bring in some little shrine and bring and set it up right here and say, here, we're going to worship this God now because the old God's too old. Don't follow me. Amen. I'm telling you the truth. Yeah. Sure. God points leadership but it gives them discretion, and sometimes leaders lead astray. Now, I'm not telling you to always always pick all your leaders. I, there are some things about Pastor Wells that, you know, sometimes 
I, I didn't agree with him. I sat underneath the pastor was for a long time. He's my pastor. He would do things, and I was like, well, I'd do it different than that. Not knowing. I'd never been pastor, but I was like, I'd do, I'd do it different than that. But really, Pastor Wells was doing what he's called to do. But I didn't agree all the time. But I learned how to sit. If he's a pastor, I'm just going to be there. But if he told me to go do something that I didn't feel like God was calling me to do, I just won't do it. I don't, I don't want to be a micromanager where that I tell every individual in this church every move you have to make. There's a freedom in God for you to be in ministry and love God and love people in our society and bring people to a radical, transformed life. Amen? It's not all on my shoulders. Is there anointing upon my life to be a pastor? Absolutely, I believe so. If I didn't believe that, I wouldn't be up here preaching today. I was one of the most shy people in the, on the planet when I was in eighth grade. They made me, Mr. Harmon was a preacher. He was a pastor of the Methodist Church in Bassburg, and he forced us to stand up and recite the Gettysburg Address. I was freaked out. I didn't want to talk in front of people. My face was redder than Karen's shirt. I didn't like it. I don't like this. But if God calls you, just do it, whether you like it or not. These age of God appointed judges, God's speaking that there's mountains and valleys, that there's seasons of life, and what you need to do is follow. And I believe in the individualism that God loves each individual just as much as he does the leader. Amen. He loved the children of Israel from the most uh, youngest infant in society in Israel to the oldest patriarch in Israel at the time when Deborah was leading. God loved them just as much as he did Deborah. So today, I believe God loves you just as much as he does me. Amen. And I believe he'll speak to you just as much as he'll speak to me. Amen. The Bible says, Peter said it this way, for in Scripture, there's no private interpretation to any of this book. Ain't you glad that Peter said that, the Apostle Peter? There's no private interpretation. You don't have to come to me and say, well, Pastor, what's that mean? Amen. You've got a Holy Spirit of God that will teach you all truth. That's encouraging to me because now the weight's off of my shoulders to have to teach you. Should I be teaching? Absolutely. Should I be leading the congregation? Absolutely. But guess what? God can do great things in individuals' lives. Amen. Next week. <laughs> Why'd you got home? I can't I'm going to go down there. That's a more lively group. Next week, there's going to be a message spoke at this church that I, I believe is a, a, a destiny moment. I really do. I, I'm, I'm encouraging you. I'm imploring you as your pastor right now. Do not, whatever you do, miss next week. And get, get people here. There, there's going to be a guest speaker, but I'm telling you, it, it's, his message is, it, it'll rattle your cage. And sometimes we need that. Amen. He, he's a phenomenal speaker. I'm telling you, don't miss next week because you're going to walk out of and you better bring some Kleenexes. He'll have you laughing. He'll have you crying. He'll have you everything in between. But you're going to walk out of here with a, a new perspective after next week. I promise you, get here next week and bring somebody with you. He's a great man of God. An encourager to me. He speaks to me all times and gives me stuff little tidbits of what God's speaking to him. I'm thankful to have him in my life. Yep, look at your neighbor and say, don't miss next week. Don't miss next week. Pastor said so, right? You gotta be here. It, 
You won't be disappointed. I assure you, you will not be disappointed. He's not spoken here before. It's a guest speaker, a true guest speaker that God has put on my heart. And I asked him, and he's going to come. It's going to be awesome, I promise you. Age of God appointed judges, individualism, that God allows us as individuals to hear his voice. And, and there's no private interpretation that he, that he loves you just as much as he loves me. And, and how that God really does give us leadership. He does give us counsel. But at the end of the day, it's up to us as an individual to make a decision. Well, they say all the time you can lead a horse to water. Come on, somebody. Can you make them drink? You can shove their head down underneath the water and hope they're breathing and they're going to suck in some water, but it probably ain't going to work after two or three breaths. It's going to go in their lung and not their stomach, so that ain't going to work. Amen? Amen? You can lead a horse to water, but you can't make it drink. And as pastor, I want to lead us on this journey that we're going through this Old Testament right now, that I can talk, talk to you about Abraham, I can talk to you about Moses, I can talk to you about Joshua, I can talk to you about Deborah, I can talk to you about all these people that we're talking about, but if you don't want to drink it, you're not going to drink it. It's up to the individual. But one thing I know for certain is that the parents will tell you, and you guys have all told your kids this, I'm, I assure you, when I say it, you're, you're going to say, yeah, I told my kids that. You better choose your friends wisely. Yes, amen. Amen? amen? Yes. Choose your friends wisely. He that sits in the seat of the scornful. <laughs> There's all kinds of verses to back this up. I'm telling you, if you surround yourself by nitpicky people that picks apart everybody else, but they never do anything themselves, you're going to become that nitpicky person. You're never going to accomplish anything. You've got to surround yourself with godly people that loves God, loves people, and, 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 and go together and have them praying for you and bounce sour deals off of them. Well, you, you can say, well, and, and this is one thing that one of the wisest pastors I've ever around, I love him, Brother Bill Gordon, down in central Kentucky, told me this once. He said, in your board meeting, never allow anybody on the board to say this. Leslie, what is it? Word God said he said, so if you go into your board meeting, and I need to hear this. I'm a young preacher at this time. You know, I, I just started the ministry and went to one of his classes. And he said, when you go into a board meeting, never allow anybody on the board to say, God said. He said, make that up front. Day one, here's a policy of Bethesda. Nobody in the board meeting can say, well, God said. Why is that? Because meant to say, God said, who's going to argue against that? <laughs> The discussion's over, right? There's, there's no, you can't make a motion or a second that or nothing. You, it's just over, right? So we made that a policy. It's Bethesda. We always say that. Don't, we're never allowed to say, well, God said. Now, he, he does allow them to say this. It seems right to me, or it seems like the Spirit is leading me. Then you can discuss that. Then you can have some counsel. Then you can have some wisdom with it. So this age of God-appointed judges was not where that one man got all the voice of God and everybody else just listened to exactly what he said. There was people, that there was leadership, that there was structure. I thank God that as Bethesda as a church, that it's not just me and only my voice, that it's the voice of the apostles, that it's the voice of Pastor Wells, of Andrew and Sister Garth and those in, in leadership over our church that helps us stay on the right path. I thank God for that. Because it's a godly thing. It's a principle of God that you have to have that. And if you are a lone ranger, you're going to end up alone. Amen? Amen. If you're a lone ranger, you'll end up alone. God wants us to be together and collectively come together. 
to be a sounding board for those around you. And if you've been in, in, in saved for a long, long time, and 20, 30 years, and if you haven't mentored or discipled anyone, maybe you ought to start. It's important. It's important to get into that Bible and pray for and encourage people like Brandon. How long have you been saved? A couple years? Two years? You think he needs a mentor? Absolutely. If life's tough when you're that age, you've got two little hoodlums running around. Amen. Goes to work on the road. Lives away from home to make employment enough to bring back to the house. He needs a mentor. Amen. He needs somebody speaking in his life. Like Jason got, just lost his dad. He needs a mentor in his life. Amen. Amen. He needs somebody to lead him through that season because it's not easy, is it, Jason? I've been praying for him. I've been thinking about him a lot. But he needs a mentor, somebody that will check in on him. And I, I can't do all that myself. I want to, but I can't. That's why the body of Christ is the body of Christ. Amen. It's all of us collectively together. Because the Bible says if you bear each other's burdens, it's going to be a better place. Amen. Amen. If, if, you, if you see your brother or sister in need, what do you do? Reach down and pick up that burden and say, here, I'll help you carry your load. If you don't believe that's true, then Jesus, you, you need to look at the story of Jesus. When he was carrying that cross that he couldn't carry, that his body physically gave out and he landed on his face, some guy wrenched over and said, guess what, it's Joseph. He picked up that cross and he said, here, let me help you carry that cross. If Jesus needed help in a physical form, you need it too. Amen. This age of judges it's about leadership. It's about structure. It's about having counsel in your life. That I really believe today that God is asking us, how good am I allowing others to speak into my life? How good about that? Because it says in Judges 17, 6, everybody did what was right in their own eyes because they didn't have a king. I can tell you this. I know the rest of this story. Even after they got a king, they still did what was right in their own eyes. You know why? Because we're humans. We, we can look for one person to change the world for us. I'll tell you what, my destiny is set by the path of the decisions I make on a daily basis. My future. I'm telling you, I can do the things of God and have the blessing of God, or I can do things contrary to God's word and have the curse of God. It's my decisions that brings pain in my life. It's nobody else. There you go. Amen. So it all comes back to me blaming who am I going to blame? I got to blame me. Sure. Amen. 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 Age of God appointed judges. It's an awesome book. Please read it. Please read it. Get some truth from it. Don't be like Samson. <laughs> He told his secrets. And even in the New Testament, it says, don't cast all your pearls before the swine. you got to have some people that's going to speak in your life. Don't just share that with everybody. Get you somebody you love and cherish, and they love Amen. and cherish you. Because it's that important. Let's stand. Amen. 1230. Man, I was right on a penny right here. This is awesome. I look down, it's 1230. You can't get no more. On cue. And I each of God appointed judges. How well am I at listening to the voice of others in my life? Because God has placed people in your lives for such a time as this. 
Old Testament, you can go through Esther. She had to have her uncle Mordecai to speak into her life. Daniel had some friends. The apostles needed each other in that upper room waiting on Jesus to come back. One of the saddest stories in the New Testament is where Paul the Apostle says, I'm left here alone. I'm left here alone. I don't want anybody to be alone. And I'm telling you today that God is speaking in this room. He wants you to be together. He wants you to bind together. The threefold cord is not easily broken. We're stronger together, church. Don't you bow your head and close your eyes. Everybody in this room, I just want you to pray that very simple prayer and just ask, Holy Spirit, what, what are you speaking to me through this message? What are you speaking to me through this message? I know there's people in this room that the Holy Spirit is going to speak to you right now and say, you've made some bad decisions. The part of this message that was talking about decision making on an individual basis, you begin to think, man, some of the decisions I've made on an individual basis, I've blamed others for faults in my life. But I need to own those faults today. Only to the point of where that as I own it, I'm going to hand it off to Jesus because he said that I need to cast all my cares on him. I need to quit blaming others. I'm going to take responsibility myself, but I'm going to give it to Jesus today. Holy Spirit is speaking that to some people in this room today. There's some people in this room today that's been thinking, you know, I've been trying to do life alone and I'm not listening to others very well. I don't have any people that is good counsel in my life. And I'm going to start the process to begin to pray and ask God to give me some counsel, to give me some friends. There's all kinds of things that the Holy Spirit can speak in this room today. The decisions are important. So I want us to walk out here today. I want to know as your pastor. Everybody bow your head, close your eyes. Is there anybody here to say, Pastor Ben, I'm not the best decision maker and I want to walk out of this room making wiser decisions. I want to come out of this place today wiser than I was coming in. Is anybody here? Raise your head and say, I'm going to make wise decisions. Amen. Hands up all over the room. Thank you so much. Put them down. I want us to all to pray together. Everybody here would just say, Heavenly Father, I come to you in Jesus' name. I'm asking you, forgive my sins, forgive my past, forgive my faults. Help me to get, help me to get counselors that can speak into my life. Allow me to listen and cause me to make great decisions that will bring blessings in my life so that it can build your kingdom. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Amen.